Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. It was great seeing so many of you last week in London for the Freeze Art Fair. It's always an action-packed week filled with fairs, gallery openings, and of course the auctions. But the festivities don't end, as this week it continues in Paris with Perry Plue. Given the seemingly persistent economic uncertainty, as well as the really unfortunate and tragic situation in Israel and the prolonged situation in Ukraine, we wanted to see just how that was potentially impacting the art markets, and more specifically, these fair weeks in London and Paris. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Melanie Gerlis. She's a columnist and contributor at the Financial Times. She's also the editor-at-large of the Arts Newspaper, and she's the author of two books on the art market, Art as an Investment, a Survey of Comparative Assets, as well as more recently, The Art Fair Story, A Roller Coaster Ride. Hope you enjoy our conversation with Melanie. Thanks so much for downloading and listening. Melanie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Adam. Absolutely. It was a long two weeks in London and Paris with so much going on. We appreciate you taking the time to help us recap the events of the past two weeks. So to start things off, it feels like more so last week than maybe any time since the COVID pandemic began, were there a variety of external factors that seem to really be weighing heavily on people's minds in the art world. We, of course, the economic uncertainty that is still persisting and now a lot of recent developments in terms of geopolitical concerns, in particular in Israel. From your perspective, did they have a significant impact on the mood of everyone in London during Freeze Week? Hi, Adam. Yeah, I, I, I think that is fair to say. I mean, I think some of the dynamics you described are not completely new. I think we were a bit nervous going into the summer after the May season in New York, where the market seemed softer, shall we say, the art market seemed softer, and also you know, the uncertainty outside of the art market was beginning to seep in, in a way that people kind of pretend it doesn't. Um, but obviously, you know, Freeze opened with, with the additional um, distraction, if you like, of a new war um, in Israel, and you know, we're waking up in the mornings with you know horrific pictures of innocent people and horrible headlines. And you know, art is art is an emotional purchase. You know, it, 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 I know it hasn't impacted the stock markets dramatically yet, but if you're feeling emotional one way or another, it's going to impact your art buying. And I think. There was a sense of that with also a sense of, you know, there's not much we can do here in the middle of a tent in London. Um, but certainly a lot more conversations about what was going on outside and the pace felt, yeah, definitely less jubilant. We also had major auctions in addition to the fairs in London and a lot of the galleries had shows opening. So there was just a lot going on during the week. If we look at things in aggregate in terms of the sales for the week, did you feel like there was any noticeable softening in the markets? And if so, is it the entire market experiencing that or maybe only certain areas? Yeah, I mean, this, the auctions were definitely patchy, shall we say. Um, Sotheby's came in, I think, le less than half of its 
total last year, which really impacted. So if you look at the total number made, it was a lot less than last year, but that was mostly on the back of a, a Richter that didn't sell at Sotheby's uh, with a very punchy, punchy estimate. Um, I think there was a lot, as you say, there was a lot going on in London. You had the fairs, you had a lot of new galleries opening, some really quite impressive and exciting spaces, but that sucks quite a lot of the energy. You've also got, you know, London is, you know, the week before there were auctions in Hong Kong, the week after there's auctions in Paris. And of course, we're not that far away now from auctions in New York. So there is just a sense of there's a lot of material at the same time as a lot of uncertainty. So I think that definitely impacted the auction sales there was some uh there were some good records for i mean i think younger but not wet paint artists if that makes sense now so i think definitely a lot of the speculation has gone and we we've seen that for a few months now uh but still younger younger artists you know mohammed sami did terribly well this season and, and a few others so that was encouraging we had a rather lovely the Josefovitz auction at christie's which is a really eclectic scholarly collection again it was patchy there were high and highs and lows but generally that sale did well so there were some nice things happening it just it it doesn't feel like boom times and so of course after london we have perry plue which is art basel's paris edition it really feels like there's a lot of momentum in paris in particular that week a lot of fair galleries have expanded into Paris and have openings that week, and there's really still a lot of excitement in the second year for Perry Plou. Do you feel like it's maybe taking something away from Freeze Week's importance in the art world calendar, or how do you see them coexisting? Well, I think I look. I'm a bit biased because I, <laughs> I live in London. I, I, I think that the new narrative, kind of coming from both sides actually, coming from Freeze and coming from Art Basel, is that these two things can complement each other. And certainly what is true is the cities are very different. The market dynamic is very different. You know, London is much more of a trading floor, whereas Paris is a kind of walking museum. Um, so you have these different markets. The crowds actually were different at both fairs. But sure, you get some people who go to one and not the other. But that is the same, I think, increasingly for all fairs at the moment. You know, people are becoming a bit more selective. We all went a bit post-COVID crazy and did everything. And then it's like, okay, no, this is a bit, this is a bit tiring. Um, but that, so in a way, the beauty of it is there are different crowds. Certainly at Paris Plou, it's a small affair. Bear in mind, you know, Freeze, there are two fairs. It's quite a big effort to do all of that. But if you were just to do, you know, one of them, Paris Plou has about, you know, 150 galleries who get to show 20th century art and contemporary art in much more of a continuum, which in a way Freeze doesn't get to do because it has the two distinct fairs. So Paris Plou is, is much more sort of handsome when you walk in than, than Freeze London, which is much younger. You've got a, actually a younger, more fashionable or more fashion conscious crowd in London, at Freeze London. So they are different kind of fairs uh, from that point of view. So yes, they can complement each other in an ideal world. You know, they're, they're two and a half hours away on the train. If you're coming from, uh, you know, transatlantic or transpacific and you have the time, 
why not make a week or 10 days of it? Um, but you did see, you saw this slight sense of freeze. There was a sense that some of the sales were made a bit later on, whereas at Periplu, I mean, we're still in the middle of Periplu now. Um, in fact, it hasn't, the public days haven't started. But at Periplu, you got the sense that everything was happening in the beginning. And I wonder if that is because people made it a week. So if you were going to travel, I don't know, Thursday to Thursday, then you do your end buying at, at Freeze and your early buying at Paris Plus. So there was a slight sense of that. Um, but I, I don't think at the moment it feels more additive than it did do. I think we were scared in London. We were definitely scared that the world was moving to, to Paris. And that's also part of our, you know, it's our paranoia about Brexit. But having these galleries open in London, I think, really reminded us all that this is not such a bad place to do business. And so leaving London and heading to Paris, where things are just beginning now, what do you think was sort of the takeaway of Freeze Week? How did people feel going into Paris? I think it is still difficult to sell very high-priced work very quickly. I mean, people are not, things are not flying off booths. And again, that's something we've seen gradually happening uh for you know for at least probably at least a year um and it's just getting more and more the market is getting more and more and more selective but if you with things under a hundred thousand under fifty thousand people are going to these fairs to buy so that is you know that is healthy on you know for, for the, the market people are still buying art we just cannot divorce ourselves from what's happening outside at the moment So naturally, I think it makes a lot of sense as everyone's trying to figure out this art market and where things stand and where things may be headed. makes sense to look forward and think about that next big event that's going to be a barometer for the market. Um, What are you looking forward to next to gauge where things stand in the market? Well, of course, there's the New York auctions. Uh, I think, you know, and these are always, you know, every season kind of builds up to what happens in New York in May and in November. Um, there, there's the Emily Fisher Landau collection at Sotheby's, which is is guaranteed. But you know, there's a very high estimate for the for a Picasso at 120 million. You know, a sense of how many people really are at that level. It is definitely Picasso's year, so you never know. Um, but I think, yeah, all eyes are on New York. Are we going to see a kind of continuation of what happened? in May, which is that you can't, you just can't sell everything at any price at the moment. Definitely. I'm eagerly awaiting for the auction catalogs to come out. They'll probably be coming out any day now. Looking forward to seeing just what the material is like in the November sales. Melanie, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. After a long few weeks in London and Paris, we really appreciate your perspective on how those events went. If our listeners don't already, they should definitely check out your writing, sometimes in the art newspaper, sometimes in the Financial Times, and you're also often on social media talking about the art market. Where can we find you there? I am. I, I pretty much live on Instagram. That's where you can find me at, at mgirlis, or one word. <laughs> Perfect. Melanie, thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. Always good to talk.